to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. We are back. It is another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well. We have a very packed episode today. So first, I am going to welcome on David Amoyal. You all know who he is, the editor of Gianluca De Marzio's English page. He has the Calcio Land podcast, which I was recently on as well. And then Andy and I will be discussing the upcoming match against Sampdoria, obviously, We will be discussing some of the injury problems that Roma have, the recent words of Monchi, who said Roma uh, kicked him out of the club. And then we will also be discussing NBA. I know there are some of you who are big fans of the NBA, and with the season starting next week, we wanted to give our brief thoughts on what we thought the season could potentially hold, and we give our Uh, predictions for who we believe will make the NBA Finals. So let me first welcome on David. Uh, But before I do that, I have to thank all of our wonderful patrons at Patreon. If you would like to become a patron and support the podcast, the website, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press, or you can go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. So let me bring David on now, and then the episode will immediately jump into my conversation with Andy. As again, he and I preview the match against Sampdoria and also talk a little bit of NBA as well. So without further ado, here is David Amoyal of the Land podcast. All right, so David is here with me now, and David, I I think this is a little delayed because I had people messaging me to get you onto the podcast when you did your preseason predictions because I had some people uh, sending me a direct message, not too happy, not too happy with the prediction that you gave to Roma. You had them finishing outside the Champions League places. So now that we've gotten at least a little bit of a taste as to what each of these teams looks like, obviously it's still very early in the season, but are you feeling more or less confident about Roma? What is your just your general perception of them? First off, like I really got nothing against Roma. You know, I'm good friends as kind of you are, but you know, they were in Boston, the social media team. I love the Palotta owns the team, so nothing against them and and look here's the thing i think uh in a lot of ways it was easy to praise what petraki did you and i both did i think he did an impressive job once he took over considering the the financial constraints that he's under but i think maybe we underestimated uh at least a lot of people did you know how much aroma lost even prior to petraki coming in so that was really Uh, my uh, reservations on Roma was, you know, the defense wasn't particularly good, but it did get better with Ranieri, but Manolas left. Uh, They lost their captain in De Rossi, and then they lost their top goal scorer, and who I thought was their best player last season was El Sharawi. I I will say what I underestimated is how good Jaco has been under Fonseca. I mean, uh, when I said the over-under and I asked you for the season, I did it very low, 12 and a half. And it was based that he only had nine the year before, but he's been absolutely sensational. So uh, I think that's, you know, if you wanted to, what looks bad on my prediction is that. But I think beyond that, they've been kind of right about uh, there. I think what surprised me is Atalanta being uh, maintaining the level of last year. Um, I think Juve, Inter, and Napoli still see them as a clear step above. 
And for me, then Roma is in the next group. And now we can put in that group Roma, Atalanta, Lazio, maybe Fiorentina. But I think we can exclude Milan for that group. So I feel kind of about, I think I got it about right so far. But uh, definitely Milan not as good. And Fiorentina, I think, could be in that mix. Yeah, so I want to talk about Milan Atalanta. It really felt like coming into uh, coming into the pre well preseason, but before the start of the season, it almost seemed like Atalanta went from this this wonderful story in the previous season to almost an afterthought because I didn't see anybody really predicting that they would finish ahead of Milan Roma. Now we're we're seven match days into it. They're five, uh, five wins, one draw, one loss. They look great. They absolutely pumped Roma at the Olimpico. What is your outlook on them? Because, again, I feel like coming into the season, they were almost an afterthought to most people, despite what they did last season. Well, I think what we saw at Atalanta last season was Ilicic and Zapata have absolutely incredible career years like Zapata was always considered to be a good player but not a great goal scorer and last season he had like 18 I think he had an unbelievable season I think a lot of people expected that to regress this season he looks even better now he's hurt for a while so we'll have to see Ilicic last season was much more consistent uh, than usual he's been okay this season not great uh, I think to Atalanta's credit, they did improve uh, their depth going into this season. The only starter they had lost was uh, Mancini to your team. Um, you know, they replaced him pretty well with Kier. I think just a lot of people expected that, you know, it, 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 it's not easy to have a great season, but it's much harder to repeat it and hold expectations. So credit to them. I think in the Champions League, uh, I'm not sure if they're punting it, but they just seem a little bit out of their element. I put against Shakhtar. They played well, but you could tell that Shakhtar has much more experience than these big European games. So I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And said, yeah, I think right now if you put a gun to my head on who do I think finishes fourth after after Juve, Inter, and Napoli, I would say they, they can make as good a case as others. Even without Zapata, they have Muriel and Barro, so that's one area where they're okay. So let's see if they can keep it up. Yeah, now the popular – now I, I said Atalanta was an afterthought. The, the popular team that most people liked, especially in the preseason, to put particularly ahead of Roma was Milan. And – I, I I am on record as saying Gianpaolo was the very last name I would have even considered bringing to Roma. I think personality-wise, he just doesn't have what it takes to be at a big, uh, big important club. I think people were too quickly to write off how he went MIA when he was in the Serie B. And what do you make of this Milan now? Because... And, and, and this is very unfair because I do think he's actually a, a pretty decent mid-table manager, but it almost feels like by bringing in Pioli, I just feel like the top four for them seems so uh, so difficult. Now, again, we're only seven match days into the season. There's still plenty of time left. They're on nine points, so really, uh, they're really four points off the fourth place, but still... Um, when you bring in a manager like that, it just doesn't exactly signal very high intent. Don't you agree with that? Or do you, do you think they could turn this around and Pioli's just a man for the job? 
Well, it's interesting. Look, you were definitely right on jump out. I think uh, there was a lot of concern on him handling the pressure and the media at Milan, and that was a disaster. I think what was surprising to me is that at least you would think he would have an offensive philosophy and that he would bring some tactics to Milan, which we really, some of the managers that they had, even Mihailovic, he has qualities, and even Gattuso in retrospect looks a lot better now. You wouldn't really think of them as really tactically astute. You think of them more as, you know, working on the mentality of the team. And I thought Giampaolo was at least going to bring some offensive philosophy and that he would develop the young players. I mean, at Sampdoria, I mean, he's the one that made Patrick Schick look like a 40 million right, player. Right. We had Skriniar, Torreira, you know, on and on, like even Pride and Anderson this summer. So I was like, you know what, if Milan wants to develop young players, he seems like a pretty good match, but you were right. He was completely overwhelmed. And look, I think Kiali is a pretty decent hire. I thought at Inter, he took over a little bit later uh, when he replaced the Boer in November. And granted, they completely fell apart at the end of the season, as we see Inter do often. But for a while, he had done well there. And, you know, Fiorentina, obviously, he handled the Astori thing, and then they got worse once Montella took over. So I think, you know, I would have probably maybe hired Ranieri over him, but I think Pioli is okay based on everything. And you look again at the managers Milan had in recent years, he's probably towards the top. But again, we have to wonder why Milan's pretty much in the same exact situation despite changing directors, managers, players, or whatnot. It's just like a bigger malaise there than just one person. So getting back to Roma then, given, again, they obviously didn't hire Gianpaolo, they went with Paolo Fonseca, what are your early impressions of him? Because I think just in general, it seems that most, especially when you talk about his style of football, most seem to appreciate him as a manager, but maybe you have a different opinion. No, no, I agree. And look, I did a column, you know, I do winners and losers after a certain uh, period of time. And for the first full month, like I put him as a winner for the whole league. Like I think, look, A, the recruiting, he was vital in bringing in, you know, getting some players to come, as I mentioned. And you've been saying it a lot. Look at what he's done to Zico. I mean, would Zico have stayed at Roma maybe without Fonseca or would he be playing at this level? Probably not both things, and maybe neither. Uh, so I think it deserves a lot of credit there. I think we are seeing the free-flowing offense. They definitely have an identity. They're definitely entertaining. And it's not really his fault that the defense is what it is. Uh, you know, to me, at the end of the day, the, the Roma season is really going to come down to that. You know, can Mancini, Fazio, you know combination of these players like get it together if they can be at least adequate or say you know on the level of Atalanta's defense which doesn't have a lot of big names that are pretty solid to me if if the defense can be adequate now that Roma has a real keeper they can make the Champions League spot but I think overall he's been an absolute net positive Uh, I, I think that hire worked out really well um, all right, everybody. David Amoyel, you can hear me uh, very briefly on his podcast, the Couchland Podcast. You can get it all the same places where you get this podcast, the Roma Press Podcast, uh, iTunes, Spotify, all those good places. So, again, David, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Andy and I, we are back 
We're going to discuss, obviously, the match between Roma Sampdoria. But then we'll also discuss a little later on a little bit of NBA, just because the season is about to begin next week. So just wanted to touch upon briefly uh, on a little professional basketball. So if, you, uh, if you're just here for the couch, that's fine. Otherwise, stick around. We'll be talking, as I said, a little NBA. So, um, Andy, Roma, they're coming up against the Sampdoria, bottom of the table. They've looked, or they did look horrible under Eusebio Di Francesco. And the the Borghino is in full effect now because Ranieri has been appointed. I don't know what to expect from this one, to be honest with you, because Sap have been just terrible. I don't know if you've watched them. Roma have so many injuries. I don't even know... I don't know what kind of performance you can you can realistically expect because of how many injured players they have. Yeah, and first of all, uh, let me say this: we we told each other this before we started recording. We had a great two weeks of no Roma. Fantastic. We, I I after that episode where I ranted for twenty minutes, where you went on 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 for like ten minutes of depressed shit. I think uh, uh, the the the. The break was was fantastic. We we all needed it, and um, I'm happy that Roma is back. Not not the way. I I'm not happy about the way they're going to be back because, to be honest with you, I do expect a loss. And why? Because we are playing at Genova against Samp. It is always difficult playing there. No matter if it's Sampdoria or Genoa, doesn't matter if they're bottom of the table, if if they're playing well, whatever. It's it's always always different story and um and as always there is a, there is a weather forecast that doesn't seem too keen on us playing the game. Um we'll see what will happen because according to the forecast anything can happen and at Genoa uh, at Genova, we 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 all know that they have terrible um, infrastructure when it comes to the rain. Oh, I thought they always. I thought you were going elsewhere with that one. I okay. Well, no, I'm not. Well, um, no, 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 oh, no. Yeah. Let's not. Okay. Let's not. Let's not go extra dark. Um, that was genuine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yikes. Some people won't understand that, and that's probably for the better. Okay. Um. Yeah, they don't have the. What I meant to say is, as soon as there is a little drop of rain, they, they all go into. Uh, they they don't know what to do, so they usually call these games off or they postpone them, and you know whatever. Or usually we play in the rain, and the result is usually very very difficult, and it's never easy. And now we go into this game with Jeko, who is a big question mark, playing with uh, with his mask. Uh, maybe, maybe Kalinic playing finally his first starting match uh, in the league. Uh, we are playing with um, these attacking options of the bench because I assume that Pastore will play in this game, according to some reports. Um, Antonucci and Perotti, who hasn't seen uh, the field yet. These are our attacking options uh, uh, on the on the 20th of October when we will play the game against Sampdoria. Um, no, no Fonseca on the pitch. Uh, the, the midfield is, 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 is super, super exposed with the, the likes of Diawara, Pellegrini gone. Um, Cristante coming off uh, national duty, Zaniolo coming off national duty. No under still. Um, 
listen to to me the the only the funny thing is that for the first time the only part of the team that i actually like going into this game is the defense oh. that is all yeah it's it's alarming these these injuries are just it's it's absolutely crazy and I don't. I, again, you you sort of uh, let off with it in, in terms of the weather. I seriously cannot remember where Roma have played well when it was raining. I can't even begin to find the last time. They always seem to drop points when there's terrible weather. Always. I can't remember the last victory. If someone could point it out, please send it my way. Um, but I, I just this smells like drop points. I just. Those, there's some matches that you come into it where it just has the look and the feel of a terrible performance and more than likely a terrible outcome. I don't know why I'm feeling so pessimistic about this one, but I just, I, I really am lacking in confidence. And I wonder too, that, that match against Coyote, listen, you, you went on a nice little rant. I went on a much shorter one, but I almost wonder if there's going to be some carryover from that because Yes, we had a nice two-week break, but I'm just thinking about it again. I'm still angry about that result and annoyed by that result. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, and, you know, this that game, I hope that game was as frustrating for the players as it was for the fans and for the management, clearly. Um, I'm glad that Fonseca got the, that one game back. I'm uh, I'm sorry for Nuno Romano, who will not see the pitch anymore, our fitness coach. Um so definitely there should be they should play with a certain intensity but this is roma so i mean i i don't get my hopes up because they don't they don't usually do that they don't carry over the anger the frustration from one game to the next one to get better um and you know against the samp team that has is at the bottom of the table comes off a horrible, horrible start to the season um, where Di Francesco just looked completely lost out there, uh, changed formations every single time he played, uh, didn't really put any confidence into a team that we knew was was going to go into this season um, with a few changes uh, amongst the squad. Um, and now they get a coach who... Obviously, you know, I don't expect Sampdoria to dominate tactically. I, I expect them to play like hell. Like, I expect them to play with a purpose, which they haven't done so far. And I think Roma, with with all the injuries, with all the drama, are a perfect target, are a perfect victim for this uh, sort of redemption game uh, for Sampdoria. This is, this is where, for them, a new cycle begins. And... We've seen this. We've seen this with Roma, right? I mean, think about the last example, which is the seven to one victory uh, at Fiorentina. I mean, Fiorentina looked terrible before that game. They crushed us, and then they went on to, I think, win one more game, and that was it. And that was it for another few months. And so we always, we are always that team that gives teams a glimmer of hope. And playing away in at Genova, it's 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 always brutal. It's always brutal. And again, I these injuries they keep continuing and continuing. At some point, you almost wonder when there's going to be like what 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 is going to be the final straw? When is it going to reach that point where 
it's just unbearable because the one that really sticks out to me is Diawara. Now, thankfully, it's not nearly as bad as we initially thought. But still, he's going to have to go with Fonseca is going to have to use Cristante Vera too for the for for at least the next two to three weeks and in the next two to three weeks there's over five matches so and do we want to do we want to talk about do we want to talk about the usage of Pastore I mean we can talk about it and I guess this sort of fits in this is gonna get this is gonna get ugly well I wanted to fit this in sort of now I think it's a little unfair and to an extent I, I think it might have been taken out of context to a certain degree but Mochi gave an interview about how he was more or less thrown out of Roma and the injuries at the club took a toll and there was not only a sporting effect but an economic one and that the club ultimately lost 20 million euros because of the injuries they sustained last season. But I guess it sort of goes hand in hand. It's like, fella, did you not pay attention to his last two to three seasons? Because all he was was hurt. Yeah, so now Pastore is going to get this chance I think it was Fazio who gave an interview earlier this week. He said Pastore has looked the best from a physical standpoint. Then he, he's never seen him look this good from a physical standpoint since <laughs> since the time that he's joined Roma. Now, how low is that bar? Uh, in, in my mind, that's a um, that's an incredibly low standard that we're working from. But in my mind, you almost have to. He's going to have to play. I, I mean, I don't think there's any other way around it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, it seems pretty clear that now you're going to play with Zagnolo as a winger, Pastore as a trequartista, some, and, and then when you need a sub, you put Antonucci as a winger. Uh, last game, I think we, we basically we, we, we saw him as a winger, and then after like 50 minutes, he was done. Um, so let, hopefully he gets into rhythm. And somehow can can contribute to something because I think one of the last times we played at Genoa, he, I think it was a year ago or two years ago, where he remember where he had that cross and which led to an assist for Jeko with the header in the dying right. in the right. death. Um, that was that was his major contribution for Roma, and then nothing else. So now we we are looking at these options. That, Clivert needs to deliver. We're looking at Kalinic, who needs to wake up and show he can be a competitor for that starting spot that he can uh, give us, you know, a few goals here and there. And then we need to hope for a fast recovery for for Jeko and <laughs> and what else? I mean, it's and and let's hope that Perotti can can try and put together ten quality minutes as a sub. Uh, uh, that's that's really what we can hope for, and that really is all we need to say. I mean, we we can also point to the fact that Fonseca is not gonna be there, and you know, I don't know who's who, his assistant is. Someone who's worked with him for a long, long time. I don't remember the names, the name. I'm sorry, um, but so Fonseca has a, a team that he is is confident about, and clearly uh, has trust in these people. So. But it's still it's it's always different with um, when there is no coach on the sideline, and I really I was thinking about it. When was the last time we didn't have a coach on the sideline? When was the last time that you know our coach got a red card? I can't. The 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 one that sticks out in my mind is when uh, Rudy Garcia was sent off. 
Oh, for and sure. Remember, oh, yeah. he had the phone. He was calling his assistant on the touch right. line. So, wait, so that was like five years ago? I don't ago know if that was actually right? the last time. I'm just saying. Anytime a manager but, is sent But off, I think that it is... was. Okay, well, yeah. maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was. I, I don't think even Crazy Spalletti went, went so out of his mind to get a, a red card. So I, I think this is something that Roma haven't dealt in the recent past. And it's always that it's always a test, you know. You don't have that guy on the sideline talking to you. You have some other guy who's going to communicate differently, and it will be interesting to see what happens. But I will, I will keep, I will keep emphasizing this. I think Sam with Ranieri, they're not gonna look tactically tactically any better than they looked under uh, Di Francesco, but they're going to play much, much differently. And this is going to be a tough battle. I think this will be extremely tough. I don't think we should, from an aesthetic standpoint, be expecting much. I think it's going to be extremely ugly if Roma are able to ultimately pull off the three points and grab them. I think this is going to be one of those, and I, I hate using this word, but I think they're going to have to shithouse their way to a win. This is they have to shithouse because it's never it's never been pretty at at Genova for the past I don't know how many years. Every time we go there, um, obviously since that infamous you know fucking Pazzini goal, um, let's not mention that because my tear ducts are gonna let loose. Um, Ever since then, I I, uh. I can't really recall any game that really went smoothly. Uh, this is a, a place where it's always shithousery 101. So if if we do get a result, it's going to yeah. be a scrappy yeah. one. It's going to be ugly. It, 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 definitely, I don't see this squad as it is with all the injuries, the drama, the lack of the, of coach on the sideline. I don't see this team pulling out with a comfortable win. This 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 is not happening on Sunday against uh, Ranieri Sampdoria. This race for the Champions League, I I don't know about you, but I didn't think Atalanta would be this good. I I didn't really expect them to sort of punt the Champions League, which is what they essentially did because they've been terrible. You have Napoli, who they're they're off to a slow start, but they clearly have the quality. So now I feel like if Roma keep dropping points, they actually might find themselves. It might be it might be tough to cover the ground that they lost. It, it is very open, but aren't you worried? Are you are well? Let me pose it to you this way: Are you worried about Milan now with Pioli? As you said, I'm worried about uh, Napoli and Atalanta because I think th- those are quality sides. I don't see that quality in Milan. Uh, I may be wrong. Uh, they may they may get out of this slump, and it's going to be interesting how Roma play them next. Um, but I I don't see them as a big threat. I think the, a big big uh, big big um, blow for Atalanta is Zapata uh, going down going down for the next month. And you know we all know Gasperini. He's one of those coaches that manages to still get out the best the get the best out of you know the unlikeliest of players i mean last season he was i think playing with Barro as a striker um then he was just doing a tremendous effect on on players that are very unlikely to shine in other contexts and um but 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 zapata is is a big time player for atalanta and he's a big reason for this success he's one of the leading goal scorers or maybe the leading goal scorer i'm not sure i not a fan of statistics recently but but he's he's been essential to them and you take that away it's going to be interesting to see how atalanta cope with it because we all know that sometimes 
in the past year, a few years, except for last year where they could afford to drop points because the other sides were so shit, um, they they would get, you know, in those slumps, little two, three game slumps where they would drop points, they would uh, equalize against, you know, relegation sides. So with them, it's always tricky. I'm, I'm also concerned about Napoli getting their rhythm back because certainly after this break, uh, something must have been... Uh, said by Ancelotti, he probably needed needed to address um, the fact that their defense is conceding almost every game. That they're they're not producing enough against sides that they should be beating with ease. Um, so those are my two concerns. Milan, they're still not there. I think uh, Lazio, they may get their mojo back. They're they they're they're I think a point behind us. Um, so they're they're more of a threat to me than Milan right now. But it, it, when you look at these standings, it's it's all open. I mean, Sampdoria are are a relegation right now, but 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 they could be uh, say in the top fifteen or ten uh, in the next few months if 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 Ranieri does something properly. So it's still all open. I have to admit, I'm I'm a little worried about a Fiorentina. I mean, they were second bottom of the table like a month and a half ago, and now they find themselves uh, mid-table. They look great. They're playing much, much better. They uh, Montella certainly has found a formation and an approach that works. Um, so I think they're another one we have to watch out for. So before we get into the NBA then, so just to finalize our thoughts here, you and I are both very pessimistic yes, for the match against very, Sampdoria. very, very. I, I don't see anything okay. that would, would would give us a hint of hope, really. Oh, wow. Right? Strong right? stuff for <laughs> Roma facing the bottom of the table side. Okay. All right. Well, bottom of the table is what uh, the NBA team I like, the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's what they're going to be this year. So You're not, you're not very lucky with sports teams, are you, John? Well, no. Um, listen, though, the NBA is great because... They have fixed it in the cast favor for this number one pick a number of times, so I thank them for that. Now, they didn't help us in 2011 in arguably the worst draft class of all time when the Cavs got the first one and they drafted Anthony Bennett. You seem to have like a fetish for, for I do, drafts. I do. It seems so, like every time we talk NBA, well, you're... <laughs> okay, so we, from my standpoint, I love the Cavs. They're going, to be, they're going to be tanking this year, which is great. I love when the Cavs... I mean, obviously, I, I adore when they're great, but... It's fun when they tank because they get all these odd characters they bring in. They make trades. It's actually fun. Um, it's a lot less pressure than when you're trying to be somebody like – this is the team I always pick on when I talk about NBA mediocrity, but the Atlanta Hawks. Like I think of the Atlanta Hawks as like the stepbrother of the family. The thing about the NBA is you have to be either really good or really bad. If you're in between, that's the worst position to be in, at least in my opinion. I think it's po- no, no, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's you know I think it's pointless to to be somebody sort of like as I said the Atlanta Hawks who I watched the Cavs beat up on for the better part of a decade in the playoffs just demolish them and in their minds they actually thought oh we're a contender but it's like no you're not you're just an average team and the worst spot to be in the NBA is average so given that I don't know how many really good teams there are because you you're a fan of the Warriors surely you have to be at least a little apprehensive with Clay Thompson being out for the next four to five months, yeah? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I after those finals, I was really um, 
it, it, it was it was a bit of of a rough uh, thing to see, you know, how they went down, um, especially with that Clay Thompson injury, where it was all very cinematic the way it played out, and you know, it seemed like we were going to win that crucial game. Goes down, he can't, comes back out, but you know, injured, can't can't play anymore um, for the next yeah four to five months. Um, and now we have, you know, we, we got rid of uh, veterans such as Livingstone, uh, who retired. We, we got rid of Igudala, who was a huge contributor. I think there's another team. guy that left. Uh, Forget his name. Kevin Durant? Well, something like I that. I think, yeah, I think he was, yeah, it was <laughs> his name, yeah. I mean, that's that's certainly, that certainly is go, always going to have an impact. But to me, the Warriors became great because they had all the little pieces around the big pieces. Um if you remember, I mean, we we battled it out in the finals the first time around. It, the Warriors had, yes, they had the big three in on on um, on the floor with Clay Thompson, Curry, and and Draymond, and um, but then we also had Livingstone, Barbosa, Maurice Spates. You know, we always knew how to identify these experienced guys who could contribute on a regular basis to this team. I mean, Livingston had one of the most lethal uh, jump ju- turnaround jumpers uh, in the league. Obviously, it didn't work out well for your Cavs. I, I was going to say, well, honestly, <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that I think you can criticize Steve Kerr for, but he pulls every bit of ability out of these players who are on other teams they might be considered fringe players maybe to not even yeah. be on the team like a, like a, like a, he's like a winning gasparini he's like a, yeah like a trophy yeah guy, lifting yeah. gasparini guys who would maybe be an outcast in another team kerr actually pull something of value out of them i mean sean livingston was on the Cavs and he was terrible and he was terrible when the Cavs were terrible so i it, it still blows my mind to think that he was a contributor on uh, you know an yep. NBA dynasty team, so I think that's. Uh, do we one... want to talk about Zaza Pachulia? Do we want to talk about Andrew Bogut, who was 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 not that that Andrew Bogut that we knew from uh, uh, from when he was uh, at the Bucks? Uh, do we want to talk about Maurice Spates, who's now playing in China? You know, all these guys that really didn't have an impact anywhere else besides on the Warriors with their small roles. And uh, now the Warriors are in a spot where Clay is recovering with an injury. You have the two healthy big stars in, in uh, Steph Curry and Draymond, and you have a star, a rising star in, in D'Angelo Russell. So that's exciting. They need to hold down the fort for, for Clay to come back. Um, and they have a young core, uh, which is to me a big question mark because you lose the experience of those veterans as I talked before, but I think it was time. And I definitely, you know, I'm not going to hope for a championship this year, but I see them, you know, I don't see why they should be considered less than what the say Boston Celtics were in the past few years. I mean, the Boston Celtics were talked about like this, super contender and you know every single year they were advertised as america's team to make it to the to the finals and they never made it so i I like i like my warriors chances this season despite all the missing pieces well going from top to bottom well i'm not going to go through all of the teams but the best odds to win the nba finals it goes the clippers 
have the best at seven to two. The Lakers are next at four to one. The Milwaukee Bucks are behind them at six to one. The Philadelphia 76ers are below them at eight to one. And then the Houston Rockets are with them at eight to one as well. <laughs> I, I I think the Western Conference is so much better in terms of quality than the East. Always. Always. It's, it's a mind little blowing. it's it, it it is it's mind blowing that this is even the same league because it's almost like city of A and city of B. Just how different it seems that there are so many good superstars in the West, whereas in the East you have. Now you mentioned the Celtics. I think I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Eastern Finals will be the Seventy Sixers or the Bucks. Um, I do think the Bucks can get it done this year. I'm I admittedly just because. Cleveland and the Cavs, yeah. Um, I love when these smaller market teams can do something. Oh, for sure. These mid these mid-sized cities that for people sure. typically uh, do not go to. So I would love to see Milwaukee in the finals. And I don't know if my heart would be able to live with seeing LeBron in a Lakers jersey in the finals. I just think if you take – okay, so Anthony Davis and LeBron versus Kawhi uh, versus Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I don't know about you. I like the pieces on the Clippers a lot more than I do the Lakers. For sure. Oh, for sure. I'm I I'm not I'm not buying this Lakers hype. And uh, you know, I may be proven otherwise in the, this season, but I really uh you know, as talented as LeBron and Davis seem to be uh, together, to me th- what from after what I saw uh, as an opponent viewer, um uh, from Kawhi Leonard uh, uh, against the Warriors last season, uh, this guy is is you know is is fantastic and um, and to me he's he's just he's just a very very hmm, how to say he's very consistent and and to me yes. this 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 Clippers team seems like a team that can be consistent this season uh, definitely have the better coach. You know, as um, definitely. The, the, definitely, the whole coaching is is much better on the Clippers. The, the whole management, I mean, they, they they went out and did it. You know, they got the they got the big big agent. They they got the big signing, um, and they they just seem like a, like a team that makes sense. While to me, the Lakers, as in the recent years, they they've just assembled all these pieces randomly. I don't think it's going to work. It seems to me like these Lakers are a bit like the past uh, Houston Rockets, you know, where you had Mm. James Harden, you had Chris Paul, you know, this is going to work. This is going to work. It's working in the regular season. It's working, it's working, it's working. And then, you know, they, what did they win? What, you know, it's, so that's talk about mediocrity. Talk about the Rockets. Now that's real mediocrity. And anybody, I was just about to ask uh, you about that. So I, I take it then you don't think Russell Westbrook <laughs> and James Harden will will be able to 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 coexist well then? Why would they? Like why why would they? they has Russell Westbrook shown any signs of 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 being a good teammate to any other big time player? I mean, Oladipo got it there and played mostly like a mediocre player then went to Indiana and was one of the best players in the NBA and I, until he got injured he was so good to watch and anybody who went with I mean Paul George Paul George uh, just just left him there 
didn't really make a, a big thing out of it. He just left him there, you know. And Kevin Durant, we've all heard his side of the story. It, it doesn't seem like this is a guy that, that will make things work. And same goes for James Harden. I don't think James Harden is, a, is an easy guy to work with. And until, man, as long as they have D'Antoni on that bench, I'm, I'm not worried about them during the playoffs. <laughs> there, it's just it, that guy is the epitome of, 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 um, of he's the opposite of of consistency. He's like the the or, yeah, or maybe not. Yeah. He's consistent in being the same dumb idiot when it matters. He makes the same mistakes when it matters. I mean, every postseason it's the same story with him. He he never delivers when it counts. I I I still don't see how you can hang on to this coach for as long as the Houston Rockets did, wasting so many good rosters and nothing came out of it. Who do you have coming out of the East then? I my my well here we'll do this. My my finals prediction are the Clippers and the Bucks. Same, same, really? same, okay. same, same. Yeah, I don't. I mean, what I loved what I saw from from the Bucks last season, and I think it was a tough battle when it came to the Raptors and Bucks. And um, but I think they learned a lot from it, and uh, you know, it, it's. I think Budenholzer with with Janis can can really do 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 a lot of damage in this league and and he's just going to get better and that that is a player that you need to watch watch him develop forget all the other players this is this is the guy to watch and uh, to me that team is so uh, dominant in the way they play and I think they can only get better and the clippers uh, you know, I think you know. I, maybe you have a point with Dwight Howard, but to me, the the injury history of these two major pieces—well, major because Cousins is out, so he, I don't. I mean, I don't see him much on the Lakers this year. Yeah, no, um, he's he's. He, I, it's sad to say, but he's it's probably to see, close yeah. to finished as a as an yes. NBA player. I don't know yeah. how you can be that tall, and I mean, he already tore his Achilles. Oh, and now yeah. you have a torn ACL. His squad, his squad. His, oh, his squad that was disgusting when that happened with the Warriors when it was with squad just popped out. Yeah, man, it's uh, right. It's it, so to me the big, big, big question marks are the injury history of, of uh, Dwight Howard and um, and Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis has always, always had problems with with health. Every single time, every single year. The, in the moment where he delivered the most, the, 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 he would go on a stretch where he would like put up all these crazy stats, and you would see him for like two weeks. He would have like the the, the season of a lifetime, and then boom, injury, and then again season of a lifetime for two weeks, and then again something. And it's always been nagging him. Maybe he can change that in in Los in, in Los Angeles. I I I don't know, but to me, the the Clippers are just. The, the more a team that makes sense on paper and uh, I I put my I put all my bets on, on on the on the Clippers to make it to the finals and 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 the Bucks as well. So do I. I I think Philadelphia might be able 
to squeak by the Bucks, but I think it will be. I just think Giannis is so much better than anybody Philadelphia even has on their roster. I like Joel. He's so much smarter than everybody. He's smart. He's so, so smart. People underestimate this aspect. He's not only super physical. He's smart, really. He's like a like a mini LeBron still in development. Um, obviously, different play styles because Giannis needs to work on that jumper, but so smart and uh, to me there is no competition in the east i mean the, the philadelphia yeah nice nice but uh, they 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 all also are the ones that can't seem to deliver when it matters yeah i completely agree all right everyone well if you follow the nba if you like watching professional basketball please let us know your predictions andy and i both think it will be the bucks and the clippers let us know who you think will make the nba finals let us know who you think will win and uh, let us know what you think about the upcoming match uh, against Sampdoria. Uh, Andy and I are both extremely pessimistic. Are you feeling a little more um, encouraged by what you saw from Roma recently? Are you feeling better about the match than we are? Please let us know. So that's where we're going to end it. As always, if you could continue to uh, leave us reviews, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really, really helps us. Um, so we will talk to you after the weekend. Hopefully Roma will be able to pull out the three points. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, ciao.